Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 61. I'm your pal Val. And with me is the man, the myth, the legend, King NASCAR. Logan, how are you? Fine. Greetings, everybody. And Jason has the night off. Uh, this is NASCAR Radio, where trading cards and racing meet. Got a great show today. Going to recap the Camping World Truck Series, Xfinity Cup Series, winners and highest finishing rookies. We're going to we'll talk briefly about F1 IndyCar and what's going on over there. We're going to also talk about the 1991 IROC set. It's a little... Uh, Set that was re- released back, uh, I think it was from Dodge Dealer. So we're going to talk about that. And then also we're going to talk about some eBay auctions going on and also some closed auctions around trading, uh, racing trading cards. So, uh, and if those of you that are new, again, this is NASCAR Radio. Uh, we have some shows in the archive. If you're like looking for information about the 1972 STP set, You can check out episode number 29 for that, or the 1982 Kidco set, like Matchbox Cars, but they uh, had some trading cards in it. That was episode number 50. The 1983 Uno, episode number 31. Won't bore everybody with everything, but some of the highlights, the 1988 Max, show number 38 and 39. Uh, 1989 Max, show number 48. So, again, you can check the archives. We have all the older... Uh, episodes where we talk about some of the older sets. Like today, we're going to talk about the 1991 IROC set. So let's jump right into the Camping World Truck Series. That was race number 17. That was the second annual In It to Win It 200. And that was Sunday, September 5th. Man, I can't believe it's already September. I'm loving it, man. I I can't (laughs) wait for the fall. My favorite time of the year. Yeah, and that was at Darlington South in Darlington, South Carolina. Darlington Raceway, Darlington, South Carolina. That's a 1.366 mile paved track. That was 147 laps for 200.802 miles, but who's counting? Sheldon Creed was the winner. Highest finishing rookie was Chandler Smith. And I missed that one, but Sheldon Creed, that's his second win in the row in both of the playoffs. So he's starting with a bang there. Yeah, he really is. He's pretty much telling John Hunter Nemechek that if you if you want this title, you're going to have to go through me to get it. Yeah, I thought for sure John Hunter Nemechek was the man to beat. But, you know, Sheldon Creed did win the championship last year. But I think it's going to be – it's not a one-man race. I think it's going to be either Sheldon Creed or now John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon Creed's pretty stout right now. He he handled Darlington like a pro. I was, I was proud of him. Yeah, his rookie cards – even though he won the Truck Series Championship last year, his, his first cars are actually in this year in the 2021 Panini Chronicles. And man, is he in Chronicles. Yeah, I think he's in every little subset for sure. <laughs> I won't bore everybody with all the details, but there's a Chronicles Chronicles set. And that's card number 17. And there's uh, like the blue, red, purple, gold, and black number to one. And then there's the Chronicles autographs. He's in the Absolute. He's in the Chronicles Black, Chronicles Optic, Crusade, Gold Standard, Limited, Obsidian, Phoenix, Pinnacle, Select, and Spectra. 
I think that is all of them. That's close, man. He's he's in a lot. If you're a Sheldon Creed guy, uh, 2021 Chronicles is your set for sure. It's going to take you a little bit of while to uh, to go after all those. And, and then there's autographs in not every brand inside the Chronicles, but I would say 80% of them is in the Chronicles, has autographs, Absolute autographs, Black autographs, Contenders, Optic autographs. Crusade autographs, gold standard autographs, limited autographs, nothing in obsidian, Phoenix autographs, pinnacle autographs, select autographs, and Spectre does not have any autographs. So, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So if you're a Sheldon Creed fan, uh, you're going to be busy. But you know, hey, if he wins again this year, that'd be back to back. So, and then this, like yeah. I said, so these are all rookie cards for him. You know, in Spectra, he's got, also got that variation we talked about with the nickname the Showstopper, which I wish I knew where that came from, but apparently somebody calls him that. There's a ver name variation, and then there's different parallels of the name variation as well. So, yeah, I'm you sure. I, I was gonna say I'm I'm, I'm thinking John Harnibushek does not want to call him the Showstopper. <laughs> no, but he kind of has been the Showstopper here in the playoffs so far. He's, he's undefeated, and I think he's won the last three playoff races because he, he won the championship race. So he's won the last three, at least the last three championship uh, playoff races. And then um, moving over to the highest finishing rookie, who is also in the playoff race. He's fighting. Uh, the He's right now outside looking in, but he's fighting – for to, to stay in those playoffs is Chandler Smith. And again, his rookie is this year in 2021. So he has 21, 2021 Dunner signatures. That was all he had until Chronicles came out. And so like yeah. Sheldon Creed, he's in a lot of the different series in, in Chronicles. He's in the score, score autographs, select, select autographs. Spectra, to name a few. So, yeah, and I've got him moving on in the playoffs. He better get his butt in gear. He's he's, he's twelve points out. I saw that. So, and you kind of led right into that. So, out of the ten, Zane Smith and Chandler Smith are outside looking in. Austin Hills is holding that last spot. The next race is going to be race eighteen. That's a Bristol Motor Speedway. That is not this weekend, but next week. Next week, that's Thursday, September sixteenth, at nine p.m. Night race at Bristol. Stages are going to be fifty-five, one hundred and ten, two hundred laps for one hundred and six point six miles. There's no practice yeah. or qualifying. Yeah, I don't think Cal Bush is in this. So, in fact, I don't think Cal Bush is in any of the playoff races i think he's already done all the races he's going to do this year yeah i think nascar limits those crossover drivers to non-playoff races i believe which is smart yeah i don't, don't think want, you don't want those guys mucking up the playoffs i'm moving over to xfinity that was race number 24 that was the 39th annual sports clips haircuts vfw help a hero 200 that was saturday September 4th at Darlington Raceway in Darlington, South Carolina. Uh, no Graskin won that race. 
And the highest finishing rookie was Jay Buford. Now, that was one of them that I caught. And that looked like Denny Hamlin had that wrapped up. And I know we we talk a lot about the drivers, but the crew, somebody was over the wall too early. I don't know, Logan, if you remember that. One of the tire carriers or whatever. And so Denny Hamlin was penalized and had to go to the back of the lead lap. So... Yeah, that was a that was a raw deal. He, I think he pretty much had that race sewn up. But you know, that's what happens, man. When you make a mistake, you, you know, in NASCAR, you're going to pay for it. Yeah, and because it was a non, they're not in the playoffs yet, so that's why Denny was able to drive in that one. But I'm sure Noah was very excited because that locked him in to the playoffs. So, and they uh, playoff start at race number twenty seven. And so that was 25. So there's two more races to go to the playoffs in Xfinity, even though the truck and cup are already in the playoffs. So, yeah, that's just because the trucks have fewer races. That's why. And, and the cup is longer because, you know, they, they, they whittle it down from 16 to 12 to eight to four to the championship race. Uh, Noah Graskin, his rookie cards are first cards. Maybe that's what we need to start calling it. His first cards are in 2017, 2017 Dunruss. He just has the he's just in the signature series. He has a non-numbered autograph as well as a gold version number 25 and the hollow black number one. He's also but he has base cards though in 2017 Panini Absolute. That's card number 88. And there are a few parallels to that. Uh, like the silver number to 299, blue 199, red 99, gold 25, and the four different printing plates black, cayenne, magenta, and yellow all one of one. That's it for absolute. So, not terrible amount to collect for that. Uh, in Panini Select 2017, he just has, I, I thought he was in Select. <laughs> he is in Select, but he's only signatures. Yeah, okay. Uh, and there's an unnumbered version of the signature as well as the blue number to 50, red number to 25, gold to 10, and checkered flag prisms to one. That is one thing that I really hope they bring back this year for prism. Those checkered flag. There's, I saw that. I don't know. I'm deviating a little bit here, but I did see that on. I don't know if it was football or something. And there's checkered flag, and it's like. It is like a major injustice to have a checkered flag pattern and it not be in NASCAR, you know? Oh, I know. I mean, when we were at the national, you know, you're, you're looking at tables, you know, my eyes, you know, cause I, I do so much NASCAR or just focus right in on a checkered flag and I'd see those things and they're dang football cards. It's like, <laughs> really? Come on. Yeah. I don't understand it either, but also, for no regression to finish him up, 2017 Panini Torque. Trackside signatures, again, only signatures with the unnumbered version of the signatures, as well as blue, number to 75, red, 49, green, 25, and checkerboard, again, number to 10. Yeah, so if anybody's Panini's listening, bring back the checkerboard. Yes, checkerboard needs to be in any of the sets as a border. I mean, it's the only logical thing. I mean, they could even do... Uh, a stage checkered flag if they wanted to do the green and white uh, and make that like out of five or 10 or whatever, you know, and that would be kind of cool. Well, you know, it makes me think of the 2016 prism, that pattern, you know, it was all checkerboard, the red, green, 
blue. But uh, yeah, uh, I was thinking of the blue and yellow flag as well would be good checkerboard. So, but that yeah. is Noah Graskin and Jay Buford. Uh, he doesn't have any cards, uh, no trading cards yet for him. Yeah, he, fin he finished 21st. Yes, thank you. Uh, again, next race, number 25. That's at Richmond Raceway. Goal Bowling 250. That is this weekend, Saturday, September 11th at 2.30 p.m. Stages are 75, 75, 100 laps for 187.5 miles. So we have Richmond and then Bristol and then playoff start for Xfinity. Moving over to the Cup Series. That was race number 27. That was the 72nd Annual Cookout Southern 500. That was Sunday, September 5th at Darlington Raceway. Denny Hamlin won that race. I think he learned quite a bit from Saturday's race in the Xfinity, then helped him quite a bit in the Sunday race. Yeah, they, was, had that, they had that repaved section that... Uh... There was not a really good transition between the old pavement and the new pavement, and it was upsetting the cars. And I think, I think they learned how to deal with that pretty quick. Because if you watched on TV, you could see on the, the camera shots, those cars, when they would come off that, that new pavement onto the old pavement, they would bounce up just a little bit. And I can imagine in a car, that's kind of unsettling. Considering, you know, that was the first time they've been, it's been paved and not really qualifying and, trying to learn how to deal with that. So Kyle Larson, he put on a good show. He tried to drive through him those last few uh, corners or whatever, trying to get that win. So he tore that car up, but you had to love the, uh, I mean, he had a solid second, but he did everything he could to try to win that thing. That's one thing about Larson. Maybe think of when he was racing the truck in Eldora, he was doing everything he could to try to win that race and actually ended up hurting himself, not hurting himself physically, but hurting his standings in that race. And he won less money than if he just would have kept on running and, and just got second. So I guess where I'm going with this is Kyle Larson, even though he's got all those wins and everything else, he wanted to win that race. Yeah, he tried to video game it on in there, man. He just, he just, I don't even think he used the brakes. I think he just used the wall to make the turn. And uh, when I was watching that race, and I know you saw the same thing, Val, I thought Denny Hamlin, something had happened to Denny Hamlin. And it wasn't that at all. It was Kyle Larson just sending it into the wall at full speed and literally almost getting to the bumper of Denny Hamlin. And almost, he, I think a little bit more, he might have, he might have been able to get him. But uh, it, it was it was really funny to watch on TV. I heard Denny talking about that where uh, or I heard Kyle Larson talking about it where he was hoping that Denny would come down and that he would have the outside lane and be able to ride that wall all the way around. I guess kind of do like a days of thunder there. And Denny Hammond did not leave that open. So that's why he had like run into the back of him. But for I think we all thought that the announcer thought that Denny had a problem just because. Kyle Larson and just run it, run him down. And <laughs> I mean, it was quick. I yeah. Mean, he, he went from being several car lengths back to literally being on his bumper. And it was just the weirdest thing to see. Yeah. But you know, Larson, like I said, he, he that guy, he wants to win no matter what. So love the enthusiasm. Yeah. I was proud for Denny. I mean, he's, you know, FedEx is here in Memphis. So, you know, I, I, I like, uh, Denny, you know, I, I like him anyway, but I like him, you know, just as much because of, you know, his affiliation with FedEx. 
So I was glad to see him finally get a win. I mean, he's uh, he's had his overall average finishes, I think, or even his average finish, I think, is higher than Kyle Larson's were this year. But Kyle Larson, you know, had so many wins and racked up all those bonus points. That was how he was able to get ahead uh, of Denny Hamlin in the regular season points. Yeah, Denny Hamlin, like to your point, is very consistent. So now you throw in the first playoff win and what a time to win. So this automatically moves him to the next round. So Mr. Consistent here has a pass into the next round. So what a time to get that first win. Yeah, I had Truex win in that race. And I think he might have had a chance if he hadn't a, uh, got a speeding penalty there right towards the end and had to go back back to the back of the uh, longest line. But he came back. I think he ended up finishing fourth or something. Uh, yes. Yeah, he did finish fourth. I'm looking at the thing right now. But uh, I think he had a good chance to win. He just, again, he just screwed himself by speeding. And Larson, so, you know, he coming in second, he, again, um, added more points to his total. So he's definitely in a good shot. And our highest finishing rookie was Chase Briscoe at position number 21. Yeah, I think he's going to be the rookie of the year. He's, he's had a pretty good year. I mean, he almost won a race. He spun out Denny Hamlin. <laughs> well, it's between Anthony Alfredo and Chase Briscoe, and I think we've talked about Chase Briscoe quite a bit here in the last 10 weeks, I guess it's been. So I think Chase is going to, to your point, going to be rookie of the year or so. Uh, Denny Hamlin, we haven't talked about his cards in a while, but uh, 2005 is his first cards. He has the signings, Press Fast did signings that year, uh, as well as many other years. But uh, So there's a no-numbered autograph version of that. There's also a platinum version, number 200, and a gold version, number 50. There's also Press Fast Top Prospects memorabilia um, with Shoe memorabilia, number to 200. Sheet metal, number to 200. And tire, number to 200. But for base cards, he is in the Press Fast Optimum. That's card number 34. And there's a, just a few parallels to that. There's the Beckett Sample. There's the Gold Version, number to 100. And the eBay Previews, serial number to 5. Uh, he's in Stealth, but it's the No Boundaries Insert Set. That's uh, NB number 24. And then in trackside, it's card number 37, another base card with Beckett samples, gold, number to 100, eBay previews to five, hot pass, that's an insert in trackside, and then I guess it's a hot pass national, uh, hot pass, so. And then American Thunder, card number 89, and there's Beckett samples for that, eBay preview to one, and license to drive uh, in that, so. That's 2005 Denny Hamlin's first trading cards. Yep, no shiny cards for him. He's he's old school. <laughs> he's old school. And then Chase Briscoe, we've talked to him quite a bit. Uh, 2018 certified is kind of where his base cards at, as well as numerous parallels, all numbered from 249. And less, and then there's fresh face signatures, and those are numbered 99 or less signatures. And then uh, he's in prime, a lot of relics in there, and then Panini Prism scripted signatures, just signatures in Prism 2018 Prism. So when you're looking for those Haley Deegans, 
And then also 2018 Victory Lane signatures in there as well when you're looking for those Haley Deegan. So. Yeah, he's got a lot of cards. Yeah, the, when you see that list of 2018 certified, that's that's a lot of cards uh, parallel. So uh, next race, car, uh, next race, number 28 at Richmond Raceway, the Federated Auto Parts Salute to American Heroes 400, 7.30 p.m. Saturday, September 11th. Stages are 80, 235, 400 laps for 400 miles. Did you uh, did you know that or do you remember when Richmond was a half mile track back back uh, from when it started in '53 up to 1988? I do not. Yeah, uh, they changed it in the middle of the season in 1988 uh, to three quarter mile. And after, I mean, like literally after the race in 1988, the first race, Richard Petty they had Richard Petty out there with a bulldozer, and he was literally tearing up the track to get it ready to go to three quarter mile. So that wow. was pretty cool. Uh, we talked a little about the standings. So Denny Hamlin is locked into the round of 12. Uh, we're going to go from 16 down to 12. So basically uh, Michael McDowell, William Byron, Kyle Bush, and Tyler Reddick are on the outside looking in. Alex Bowman has the old 12 spot right now. Yeah. Kyle Bush had some issues uh, so he had to leave early in the race. William Byron had issues as well, had to leave. Michael Dow had that uh, pretty bad crash. Yeah, Kyle Busch, he kind of came down on Austin Dillon. It really wasn't. I don't think it was really Austin Dillon's fault. And it was in that transition area where you were saying with the new pavement. Yeah, and it, of course, when, when his uh, his left rear hit, hit the right front of uh, Austin Dillon's car, I mean, it was game over for Kyle Busch right at that point. He hit the wall, and uh, his car was, you know, he was done at that point. Of course, uh, he was pretty PO'd, needless to say. Uh, his post-race interview, he uh, he dropped a lot of a lot of S words <laughs> on live TV. And uh, when he was coming into the pits, he tried to run over. Well, he didn't try. He was just mad, and people just needed to get out of the damn way. <laughs> uh, he he uh, he almost hit some people going into the pits, and uh, so I think NASCAR fined him today. What fifty thousand dollars? Fifty thousand dollars, yes, for being I, being crazy. Because somebody could have got hurt. That was that was really not cool. Because he came guns a blazing in there, man. He was just he was mad, and he just he just wasn't going to have anything of it. And so he just he was just full bore into the pits and. I'm just glad nobody got hit. Well, what I found interesting was they were talking, the announcers were talking to him or uh, when he came out or whatever it was, and they were trying to give him, I don't know, an Austin Dillon excuse or something like that. And he had wanted no part of it. It was not Austin Dillon's fault. He was talking about the garage and the crew and the shop or whatever it was, but it wasn't Austin Dillon's fault. So, yeah, um, he's he's putting everybody under the bus. I guess they did not have the right configuration for that. So anyway, he's going to need to step it up. He's going to need some good finishes here or win to bump him up, uh, having started the round of the playoffs already in a bad spot. So, But well, Kyle Larson uh, builds on his lead, and Martin Truex builds on his lead as well. Well, I don't think you need to really need to worry about Kyle Busch unless something just absolutely crazy happens at Richmond because – out of, excuse me, out of all the active drivers right now, he he has the most wins with six. 
And he has he also has the all-time highest finishing average of, of five, in case you did not know that. So he's a good sh- Good shape. He just needs to. Uh, Rich just, is a good track for him. So if he does well there, he'll be fine. We will see next week how it shakes out. So, so oh, we talked about the, the next race as Richmond, like I said. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say a couple of things about Richmond. Um, the back back in two thousand one, the Indy Racing League had their very first short track race at Richmond. So that was pre- I remember that that was a pretty cool race. And also the International Race of Champions race there in 2004 and 2005. So just a couple couple little more tidbits about Richmond. Well, that's a perfect segue for IndyCar. Yep. The next race, they did not race this last weekend. Next race is September 12th, and there's three races left. The Grand Prix of Portland is at, is at 3 p.m. on September 12th. So, And like we talked about the standings, the Pedo Award. Alex Palou and Joseph Newgarden are the top three right now in points. Moving over to F1, that was the 2021 Heineken Dutch Grand Prix, Sunday, September 5th. And that was at Circuit Zandrut in the Netherlands. Um, Max Verstappen won that race, which is kind of interesting now. And I guess it's a two-man show between Max and Lewis. Yep, it is. Because uh, last week, I think we talked about Lewis Hamilton was three points ahead of Max, and now Max is three points ahead of Lewis Hamilton. So, And then Terry Bortras is 102 points behind. So it's not like NASCAR where it could be anybody. Right now, it look, it's, it's one down to one or two. So. Yeah, it's just down to those two guys. So uh, not, hit, not hating on F1, but just, just saying – and then Max Verstappen, his cars are naturally in the 2020 tops plethora of F1 with chrome base stickers, sapphire. And I think it's card number six is his um, tops chrome F1 card number six. I think that's probably more the more desirable one. And in the trading card database, he has 434 cards. Yeah, I think 400 and probably, probably 430 of them were this year. Because <laughs> he didn't have but just a handful of cars before this. Yeah, I, I think that's correct. I think Lewis Hamilton had a few before that, but yeah, for Max Van Stopper and so. And I did see Tops put out uh, some information or pre sale for their hobby. And I think the big three have those right now. Just regular hobby box pre-selling for about five hundred dollars a box. Yeah, so, so. As, as we say, as we say in cycling, out. I'm out. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so that wraps up our recap. Let's talk about eBay. Talk okay. about what what we've what has closed here re- recently. Some of the crazy things that we've seen. I won't say crazy, but. I mean, some of these prices are pretty impressive. So uh, one of the things I saw, you know, I was I was actually kind of perusing through it earlier today. Um, there was a 1972 STP Richard Petty PSA graded five. Had a buy it now of $8,000. $8, Somebody went click and bought it. So that is, to me, that is absolutely amazing. 
for a PSA five to go for eight grand. And remember here recently, Val, that PSA nine had a buy it now of 15 grand and it's sold. Yeah, if I remember right, the, the PSA nine was the first one to test the waters earlier in the year. Uh, some of the craziness were uh, some of the prices were increasing for the other sports. And so that PSA nine came out first. I think it set the bar. Uh, and then I think people either were looking for Richard Petty's and we've talked about the 1972 SCP uh, numerous times on a show and actually end the pop report, the PSA population report for it as well to kind of show how hard those cards are to grade with the nine being the highest, then there's only a one. And, and I'll, every time we talk about that, nine, I always say it, it should not be a nine, but because of that, I think it was a printing defect in that yellow halo next to his face, but I digress. So really, you know, nine is the highest. There's no 10. And then it drops off really quick. What is it like a seven is the next one? There's no eights. There's a seven out there. And then a few fives and three. So, it's not like the 1988 Max Richard Petty where there could be hundreds or thousands. There's only a handful. I think we said, what, there's 18 maybe totally graded, and some of those are autographed maybe. I know I got a there's, few yeah, autographs. There's, so. there's 19 total graded, PSA graded cards of yeah. Richard Petty. So you're, you're talking about his first card and probably one of the more desirable or iconic. So, uh, yeah, so 8,000 for a PSA 5. Wow. That's amazing to me. Um, it looks like there's been some more graded. I mean, here recently, I, I didn't realize there were so many PSA sixes. There, there are actually five PSA sixes out there. All right, so that's new. So there's some, there's some new ones being graded. Yeah, because I didn't realize because it used to be there was they went from seven to to uh, seven a PSA seven to a PSA five. So somebody's found some and got them graded. So we may be seeing those here soon before you know it. Yeah, they must have hit the pop, so they they must be being released soon. So so, so this also begs the question of the 1972 STP Fred Lorenz and, and Bobby Allison cards. I mean, do, do you think that that makes these, those about the same in the same grade? I think they're a little less or maybe even more because they seem to be more even rare than the Richard Petty. So it's hard to tell with the Fred Lorenz and Bobby Allison, because is it one or two things? One is it, is it, are they scarce or that the people, people who have them would rather get the Richard Petty's graded than the Bobby Allison's and Fred Lorenz's. My opinion is I think they are scarce. Oh, there's only been two graded with Fred Lorenz with the car. There's only been two graded with PSA. Two. That's it. So that's the unicorn, though, right? So I think, well, we we don't not to digress and all that stuff. So I think that's more of the unicorn. I was thinking the Fred Lorenzen portrait. Yeah, there's six of those. Yeah. And then Bobby Allison is is tough. What's the pop on it? Three. Yeah. But that's, you know, an iconic set. And as I think people discover NASCAR or they're getting aware of the 72 SCP, 72 stp set that they're trying to collect those graded so yeah i mean i've been collecting all these years and i have yet to own uh the fred lorenzen with the car and the bobby allison those are the only two i need so 
anybody out there got them and want to trade, um, hit me up. I've seen the car one, but and I have an Allison, but uh, mine's got marker on it though. <laughs> it's signed. Yeah, yeah. It's got a good kind of marker on it. Yeah. And then also on your list, so you have the 1972 SCP PSA 5, Richard Petty 8000, and then the next few are new stuff. Some of the ladies, Haley Deegan and Natalie Decker coming in here at National Treasures, one-on-one dual auto. So who's the dual auto, auto, not to put you on the spot? I think I think what they meant by... This, uh, these descriptions that I put on here are, are, are just cut and paste from what was on eBay. So I think what they mean by dual is it's an auto memorabilia. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. After I read it, I'm, yeah. So yeah, so dual being an auto and race you. So, and that's $4,500 back in August. Yeah, and but it had a, a best offer accepted. So I'm sure it was under 4500 It was a one-on-one card. But I mean, you used to be able to go out there and be able to scrape that information off the uh, the eBay website, but they've changed the way they do things now, and you can't find that information anymore. I even tried it today, and it's not it's not the information is not available in the way where you we used to be able to get it. And next to Natalie Decker, uh, Chronicles Contenders Optic Gold Vinyl 101, select Gold Vinyl 101. Yeah, it almost looks like the same person. I didn't look to see who the seller was, but it kind of looks like that may, may have been the same seller that had both of those. If you get the right box or case where you, you get duplicates of stuff. Well, yeah, we know we've been down that road. Yeah, but we haven't been that lucky. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the iconic 1988 Max, 90, number 99 Dale Earnhardt promo that we've talked about before. That was a SGC 9.5. And that was the best offer of basically $2,000 back at the end of July. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty strong for that card. I mean, that's a 9.5 in SGC. So you can only imagine if it was in PSA, it'd probably be a lot more than that. So that's pretty strong for SGC. Yeah. That 88 max number 99, they are hard. That's one of those iconics there with the 72 STP. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Uh, then there was also uh, some ne- the next two are ha- more Haley Deegan cards. So she was the ladies were pretty much dominating uh, the eBay sales. There was a 2020 National Treasures Haley Deegan uh, rookie patch auto out of 25. It had a $1,300 price tag on it, uh, but somebody did a best offer. So again, we don't know what that was, but I would say it's probably north of north of $900 easy, if not more than that for that card. So that, that's pretty strong. And then the other one was a 2019 prime clear vision autograph one one and it had 1250 with the best offer accepted. So again, I'm sure that card was well over $900, probably a thousand dollars for that one. So that that's some pretty strong stuff right there. I, I'm impressed. Well, the one I was looking here is the 1983 Uno number 27, Dale and Hart. That's his first card. That was a PSA 9. Uh, best offer was $1,200, but I believe that sold for 900 I think I had contacted the seller, and we were chatting about that. Yeah, because you were trying to find out and get a gauge for, for what that was. Yeah, I think that might have been the one where um, they were using some. I had 
you know, have been posting about NASCAR trading cards for, oh, the last 10, 15 years. And so they were using some, I think, of some of the stuff I posted on some other sites uh, for descriptions or whatever. So I was like, hey, <laughs> you know, hey, uh, was cu- you know, just kind of curious. I, and I'm always curious to see what stuff's selling for because I definitely think, you know, NASCAR trading cards are definitely undervalued compared to some of the other sports. And, you know, when you talk about uh, scarcity compared to the other sports, it's it's just, you know, night and day between the two. So when we talk about Dale Earnhardt, these Unos, you know, there are also another kind of those promos that you can't get out of a box or packs or whatever. So print run is very minuscule. So anyway, uh, yeah, so that's a PSA 9 for about 900 on I'm really curious to see who's going to have the first PSA 10 out there to see what, what that'll bring. So, Yeah, you can bet it's probably going to be twice twice that price easily. And here's, here's one of them that really got me. The listing, and this is what the listing said. It said 1989 Dale Earnhardt Max Rookie Cards. There were two of them. One example is Unique Misprint, and they were PSA 10 and 7. Well, technically, they were not 89 Max Dale Earnhardt rookie cards. They were the Crisco card. And both of these cards together sold and had 18 bids and sold for $1,245. And what they said is they had a unique misprint. Well, what what that unique misprint was was PSA had a mechanical error and labeled the card wrong. It said Daryl Waltrip instead of Dale Earnhardt, and that was on the slab. So there wasn't technically not a misprint there. It was just PSA labeling it wrong. But this is something that I want people out there to know. This is a Crisco card. Yeah, it's 1989. Yeah, it's kind of his rookie, but it's not his true rookie card. So, I mean, if you want to look at a true rookie card for being, you know, coming out of a pack, that would be the regular 1989 Max release, not the Crisco. So they didn't they didn't say Crisco on there, which I think, in my opinion, is misleading. So people, you know, that's that's where Val and I and, and Jason come in to try to make sure that people understand that the 1989. Dale Earnhardt Max regular card is the rookie, not the Crisco card. The Max is the one that commands the higher price, not the Crisco. Yeah, because they made a lot of Crisco cards, and those things seem to grade pretty easy as a 10. So in my opinion, you know, they just don't command the same price as the 1989 regular Max issue. So that, that's where you got to watch out out there, uh, everybody. Don't Don't fall for that. You know, and but don't get me wrong, that twelve hundred forty-five dollars for a PSA ten and a PSA seven, holy smokes, that's that's pretty strong for those two cards. Yeah, I was gonna say on that same day, uh, in June, that a nineteen eighty nine Max number three PSA ten sold for just a penny less than a thousand dollars. So that was a buy it now. Yeah, yeah. Somebody somebody did click click right there and did a bin on it. So I thought that Crisco mislabeled. I thought that was the one that had the wrong back, but you're saying the PSA labels was what's wrong. Yeah, it, it had Daryl Waltrip on the label. If you go back and look at it, it's got Daryl Waltrip on the PSA label. <laughs> All you got to do is send in the PSA as a mechanical error, and they'll fix it. Also jumping at me, this uh, 
in early September here, just a few days ago, the Jeff Gordon 1987 World of Outlaws card number 52, PSA 10 for $800. Click, buy it now. And then here's another one, 87 World Outlaws number 52, PSA 10. That was in late July, $787. So again, right there around that $800 range for a 87 World Outlaws Jeff Gordon rookie PSA 10. Yeah, and that one had 23 bids too, man. So that that's some strong bidding for that card. I'm I'm impressed. Yeah, and that was in July, yeah. Uh 83 Uno PGS 8.5, $715. That was by now BGS. Yeah, I I saw that and I thought, wow, somebody paid for a BGS 8.5 paid $715.50. That's kind of a weird number for a buy it now. <laughs> but um yeah, that's strong, man, because you know there's there's tens out there in PSA. So what does that make those? Fifteen hundred, two thousand? I mean, who knows? Yeah, again, the 83 Uno, right? So after 72 SCP, 83 Uno. So another early tough to find uh vintage of the king mm-hmm and i think one of the the things that uh it was cool but in, in a way to me it wasn't was there it, back uh on the 27th of august there was a uh, 12 different 1986 uh sports star, sports star photographic cards that were sold it had two bids and went for a thousand and nine dollars and ninety nine cents. I seriously thought about those cards and thought about buying those, but you know, I'm not saying anything strange is going on here. But I went and on my computer screen, I went and measured, compared every card to every card. Some of those cards were were you know smaller not you know not as wide not as tall as some other cards because those cards looked really good i mean sharp corners centering for the most part was good but the like the dale earnhardt was just seemed to be a tad smaller than some of the other ones so i just i just didn't want any part of that because i'm going to get them graded if i buy something like that and I don't want to spend that kind of money and then PSA kick them back and say, oh, they've been trimmed or, you know, they're they're altered or whatever. You know, they're, they're not the right size. So, I mean, if you're not going to get them graded, then, then that's probably fine. But for me, I just I just didn't want to touch them for that. I just I just felt like I could get in trouble with it and I just didn't want to get in trouble. They like I said, they just they were the, the sizes on some of the cars were just off just by a hair. So I just, like I said, I just didn't do it. Well, even if you got them, how long would it take you to get them graded and sent back? So, Oh, God. Well, I mean, how long have you had some cards in there? A year? Sadly, yeah, a year. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, it's not, it's not PSA, PSA's fault. <laughs> no, and that's what I'm not going with. But I'm just saying, if you bought it, even if the guy had a return policy, there's no way if it was 30 days or 60 days that you can get it graded. Uh, or even just authentic to make sure that the sizing or whatever is legit or whatever. In you couldn't days. get it done. Yeah, you couldn't get it done in time. So it's there's, I guess, just too many uh, questions to try to do it in a time frame. So yeah, because he had a 30 day return policy, and um, okay, like I said, I 
you know, those cards, again, I just took a piece of paper and did little hash marks and measured everything. And, and some of them just seemed a little bit smaller than other ones, or maybe some of them were others were bigger than other ones. I don't know, but the sizes were off just a little bit. And that's because I was look what I was, what caught, what made me start doing that is they had them all lined up in a picture. And I noticed that one card next to another card seemed to be a little smaller. And I thought, well, maybe that's just the way it's looking on the screen. So that's when I got out my, my piece of paper and my hash marks and was doing my measurement on the screen. But sure enough, my eyes were not deceiving me. They were just a little bit different. And uh, so I just, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't want to take that chance. I just, I just, that's a lot of money. And then it would cost a lot of money to get them graded. And then, it, you know, if they get kicked back, you know, I would not be a happy camper and I'd have no way to get my money back. And there's no way that I would try to resubmit those cards knowing that that they um uh you know knowing that they you know were smaller size and you know they just didn't fit minimum requirements so i i just didn't want to take that chance well that makes sense i saying we're not talking about you know 10 bucks or whatever yeah i mean they're cool cards that dale earnhardt was sharp i love that card i looked at that thing went, oh my god that it looked like it could have been a 10 i mean seriously just from what I, I, I zoomed in on it looked at it and went, oh my god that's a beautiful card well, I guess we'll see in the next year if a if a nine or ten pops on that. Yeah. Uh, also on eBay, uh, not a closed auction, but a currently running auction on eBay. It's a 2019 Panini Prime Racing die cut cars of Dale Earnhardt Jr. But it's also dual signed by his daughter. Yeah, I think it's cool. In fact, I didn't even know anything about this till Val showed it to me earlier tonight. So there, it has some social media presence. Back in November 19th, uh, in 2019, uh, Tracy, a friend of the show and uh, amazing Panini America employee, he put out on, I guess it was Twitter, or maybe it's the Knights blog, that the 16-month-year-old, how do you pronounce her name? Isla. Isla Rose yeah. Earnhardt signs her first autograph, sort of, in Panini America's new 2019 Prime Racing. And then also uh, from the Panini blog, uh, Panini America's highly anticipated 2019 Prime NASCAR Racing release nationwide tomorrow for our racing fans and collectors is a product that captivates with an unparalleled contact mix featuring race used and race warm material and some of the sweetest autographs trading cards you'll see all year by but by far the sweetest autographs in the set were signed by someone who can't legally drive for another 15 years or so in fact they aren't autographs at all they're scribbles from isla rose earnhardt the adorable 16 month daughter 16 month old daughter of dale jr and amy turn out little Elsa was riding a shotgun in daddy's lap during his prime signing session and couldn't resist getting in on the action. She grabbed a pen, she grabbed a few cards, and she added her own indelible ink. The result, priceless. Uh, so, yeah, so it's got a little bit of, you know, mentions on Panini's blog. And I think there's is on Twitter as well. So, and there's some photos. So, but so that's running on eBay right now. Uh, it still has. Multiple days left. Yep. Uh, when does that end? So it ends next Tuesday, I think. 
yeah, next Tuesday, and it's currently at nine hundred and ten dollars already. It's got it's already at twenty five bids, uh, just like that. That car is going to go for a lot of money. <laughs> I would love to have that card, and it's what's amazing is it took two years for it to pop. Yeah, I can't remember if it's either the nuts or one of the other sites. There are a few uh, collectors that every time there was a prime break they were buying those spots you know trying to get that card and once it uh you know they were relieved that it finally was found that way uh, uh they didn't have to buy until the break so you know that's that uh willy wonka golden ticket there so very yeah. cool and you notice they put the, the little sticker over the Dale Earnhardt Jr. autograph saying, you know, saying it's authentic. It's too bad they didn't put one over hers. That would be, <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> yeah, she signed front and back, so. Yeah, she got the little scribbles. It's a cool card, man. I'd love to own that card. Um, any any predictions on how, how much you think it's going to go for? Uh, for some reason, I'm thinking 1,200. I'm thinking it's probably more than that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it'll push over 15. Okay. 1500 easily i think we'll see uh we'll keep an eye on this in fact i'm going to go click add to watch list right now so i can watch this thing and see what it does because that's a really cool card i, I, I love that card i thought you're going to put a bid in at 920. i could I, I, <laughs> i'm gonna get a bid so yeah so i i saw that and thought that was i mean i saw when that car got pulled a few weeks months ago and then I I saw today where they it's listed now, so that's really cool. It reminds me of, and it didn't get as much press as this one, but where Carl Edwards had signed for the National Treasures, and it kind of he smeared it, and so he had like gone over it, but uh, he kind of I think apologized. He wrote a note, sorry, it smeared. Yeah, on it. So that, that was a cool card. That's and another then, cool one. And then there's the one with Danica and Junior where she forgot to sign one and Dale Earnhardt Jr. wrote on there that she forgot to sign it. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's the one I saw that was pulled recently. But yeah, those, you know, some of those are out of the norm, but they're very unique. Uh, and we move on to the next segment. Anything else on eBay? Uh, those were the highlights of what was sold. I mean, we there, there was a few other things, but you know, nothing really. Oh, I, I do want to mention one more card. There, there was actually a HGA graded Dale Earnhardt 1988 Max card graded an 8.5 by HGA. It had a $900 starting bid, it had one bid, and somebody bought it. It looked pretty cool in that holder, but you know, I, I don't buy the holders, I buy the cards. So but that, that was the first HGA one I had seen, and somebody pulled the trigger on it for 900 bucks. I think that's a good price for that grade. I think so. I think so, too. Yeah, I think they were generous on that. Yep. Okay. But, yeah, that's all I got for now. Well, then we can transition to final segment. We'll talk about the 1991 IROC series set from Dodge. And this was all the rage. Back in 1991, this oh, was a 12-card cellophane set. It's a little bit larger than a normal trading card. Yeah, it's uh, 3 and 15 sixteenths by 
uh, two and three quarter inches. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit bigger than a normal card. It's got a black and white front or black and white picture. And the border is a checkerboard. The, the back is color and it says 1991 uh, Dodge IROC. And it's got, you know, a picture of, I guess it's like the 10, 12 cars uh, coming down the track in a tight formation. Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know what IROC is, it's the International Race of Champions. And it's where they brought in champions and uh, championship drivers and other drivers from other, you know, all different uh, forms of racing. In fact, uh, in this set, there's 12 cards. Five of them are Winston Cup drivers. Uh, there were three IndyCar drivers, three IMSA drivers, and there was also a driver from the World World Sporting Car Championship. So there was a pretty uh, mixed bag of drivers there competing for the championship that year. It's got a pretty good list of drivers in there. Yeah, and of course the big one is... Russ Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. he won the championship that year, but <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, so we have uh, Dale Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, Al Unser Sr., Mark Martin, Dorsey Schroeder, Al Schroeder. Unser Jr., Jeff Brabham, 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 Bob Wolick, Jeff Bodine, Scott Pruitt, Tom Kindle, Tom Kindle, yeah, Tom Kindle, and Bill Elliott. Uh, when yeah. I was looking looking up some of the pricing. In the Collector's World, November 1991 issue, that was volume one, number seven, uh, they quote $700 for these cards. Yeah, and that's how much they were back then. I actually had a couple of sets back in the day uh, that I had bought from, from one of the local hobby stores. And I think I got them for like $100 a piece, which at that time was a steal. And it was also a lot of money. But I was I kept one of those sets and I actually traded one of those cards for the uh, 1992 tracks Dale Earnhardt Richard Petty dual auto card, which turned out now to have been a great deal. Yeah, I think these sets are going for about fifty dollars now sealed. Yep. Uh, these were not uh, sold in stores or weren't part of any you know packs or boxes or anything. These were made as a free promotional deal for Dodge. Uh, the, the one article from Racing Collectibles Price Guide from the June 1991, page 15, they mention that Dodge created less than 5,000 sets, and they assumed the market could easily consume 50,000 sets. So that was kind of demand they were seeing. So that's what explained why uh, sets were going for 700 yeah, I think they were given away in the dealerships, along with some brochures and things of the for the Dodge Daytona, which is the car that they were running in IROC that year. Yeah, it seems like a great tie-in for them in uh, that promo. So it said that they understand that each Dodge deal received one set of cards, and that they, at the time in June, said that pricing right now is frankly impossible. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, there was a lot of hysteria around those cards. I mean, everybody was, you know, clamoring for those cards. I mean, I was. I mean, that's, and I think back on it now, that's been 30 years. 
that's hard to believe that's been 30 years ago. Wow. But uh, those, those, those were some, some tough cars to find. I mean, like, like Val said, you can get them now for 50 bucks a set easy. And there's some sets on the PSA registry as well. Yeah. I was looking at that. These cards came wrapped in a, in a cello pack, kind of like the 88 and 89 max. So again, when those things are shrink wrapped, you know what it does. It kind of takes the corners and pushes them down a little bit. So that in itself makes it hard for those things to get graded. Well, uh, looking at the PSA pop report, there's been, um, there's been 94 cards graded, and out of those 94, there's only 11 tens, and the majority of them are, are eights and nines with 20, with 27 nines, and uh, looks like 36 eights. So it's like eights are probably the most common grade for those things. So needless to say, those things grade tough, and not only that, those cards in the cell pack, if you if when you get one of those cell packs. The Dale Earnhardt card is the one that's on top or bottom, however you want to look at it, is one of the cards that's on the, uh, you know, that, that faces you. So, of course, that card is really, with that card being up, up on top, it's going to be even worse because not only the corners could have issues, but it could get surface issues from getting dinged around and all kinds of other stuff. So, you know, that makes it tough. There, there's no PSA 10s of that. There's, a, there's uh, I think, one, one nine, and that's, that's the highest grade. There's three eights. There's only been 14 graded. Yeah, I think mine, I had sent two sets in. I think my, one of mine is a five, and the other one maybe is an eight. And then also the bottom card opposite of Earnhardt on the whole other side is Al Unser Sr. So I don't know what the pop report for him is, but. Yeah, he, there's actually a, a 10 of that one right now out there. Interesting. Believe, believe it or not. And it was six, six grade, no nines, and there's three eight. Okay. Because I, I, I had a set that I opened today because I knew we were going to talk about it. So one other thing you were talking about, like the one that I opened today, actually some of the cellophane, when it shrink wrapped, was missing around that corner. So that corner was totally exposed. So the Dale Earnhardt corner had been exposed for whatever amount of time. So it was super easy to get dinged um, yeah. without even the protection of the of the cellophane because that's that cellophane is not even a good type of, you know i would have taken a cello pack or whatever it is kind of it, to your point it's just like the 88 max cello where it's that hard shrink wrap maybe with heat or whatever it is and i don't know any good way to open those packs no I, i've tried exacto knives and things and just trying to just barely you know, nick up one little piece of it and maybe try to get it to pull because it's like I said, there's no good way to open those things if you're if you're trying to keep the condition decent. Yeah, so it's a great little set, uh, very affordable now, and you can own it for a fraction of you know what it was going for in the heyday. So again, the the key is probably the Dale Hart. You know, you have Bill Elliott, Mark Martin, and then Rusty Wallace, Alan Sir Senior. And Alan Sir Jr. Yeah, it's a great Jeff set. Brown. I love that set. The cards, the card fronts, I don't know if we had mentioned it or not, but they're they're black and white with the color. The back is is a color shot of the, the Dodge Daytona IROC cars. And there's a little blurb too about um the driver too. So I uh, like the Dale Earnhardt, the nineteen ninety IROC champ Earnhardt, 
won his fourth Winston Cup National Championship last year. His nine 1990 victories gave him a grand total of 48 since entering the series in 1975. The 39-year-old North Carolina native will be competing in his sixth IROC series. So that's what his says. Yeah, it's a cool card. I mean, if you're an Earnhardt collector, um, that's one of the cards. You, that's a must-have card for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's one of the ones that kind of drew me in. I, I knew about the set, and, you know, when you look at the old price guides and stuff and see what it was selling for, and, you know, I like to pick some of those up. So, again, uh, it's one of the ones that I have on the reg PSA registry. Yeah, and it's not going to cost you a lot. To, if you want to get it graded, it's not going to cost you a lot to get it graded because there's only 12 cards. So it's actually a really nice set if you want to get into the create a set on the PSA set registry. It's a great little set to start out with. Yeah, that's one of the reasons, you know, I guess that drew me to PSA and, you know, grading is that these NASCAR sets are small. The 86 four-star photographics and, you know, this set, the 83 Uno, 72 SCP, or even some of the smaller inserts, autograph sets, whatever, that they're not, you know, hundreds of cards. So the grading fees when you add them up aren't too bad. So, yep, agreed. So, yeah, go out and pick you up a 1991 IROC set. Enjoy. Definitely. I don't know if, uh, anything else we need to cover tonight. Um, I really don't think so. Uh, we talked about the races. We talked about Kyle Busch. We talked about eBay. We talked about the IROC set. I think we've covered about all of it. Well, that's maybe a good stopping point then. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like, share the podcast. Share NASCAR trading cards with your friends. And for me, Logan and Jason, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Good night, everybody.